doing it poetically that way, I get it. Poems, dumb, you know, haha. But I'm just saying that writing it that way is going to help you, especially as you're delivering it. If you're like me in, in a way that has a rhythm to it, as opposed to maybe stumbling or trying to cut it together in, in the background. Just for the record, I don't think poems are dumb. <laughs> you were the one rolling your eyes at me. Put that content down. Content. The clothes is on. What's your name? Content. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers. Welcome back into Content is for Closers. Another Friday episode just with your boys going going solo. No guests today. I'm way out of camera here. We'll use this for video. Carlton, how's it going? It's going good, man. I'm just waiting for you to upgrade your setup, you know, like we talked about. Shoot. I I forgot about that. I haven't done that yet. No, I I was talking to Derek this morning about, I give him a hard time about not having external monitor. And I give you a hard time about, you know, webcam thing. And so, but it's okay. You can give me a hard time about how, how much junk is in the background of my video so no nobody cares about that yeah it's i need to it's something i need to work on it's something i'm going to do this quarter for sure it's been a sprint to end third quarter i gotta say i don't know how this is for everybody else for our business the first quarter is a sprint like a dead sprint everybody's trying to get things going second quarter is sort of then reacting to the stuff that got churned up in the first quarter. So there's like, you know, just random projects that are, we're trying to wrap up or things we're trying to get in before summer. And then third quarter is weird because the first two months of it, it's like pulling teeth to get clients to do things or just to get movement on anything. And then you hit maybe a couple of weeks before Labor Day, probably when, when people's kids are going back to school. And it's like, they wake up and realize, oh no, I have to do things. We have to get things done. I can't wait for, yeah. for, for Q4. So September was just a dead sprint. October is going to be crazy. There's, some, there's a lot going on every single week. But, but, you know, there's some crispness in the air. We got some fall candles going, some, some, yeah. some of that good foods coming in now for the fall weather. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to it. You know, that's, that would make a good video in and of itself. Just explaining why do these cycles and work happen because i know part of it's like the vacation thing and the summer vibes you know people are taken off you know so that's part of it but i think there's also something to be said for people that realize like oh if we don't start this project now we're not going to have this done by the end of the year yeah and i'm gonna you know regret not having and i think it's that momentum that probably carries you into the the first of the year in the beginning sprint yeah, totally. It it's, it's that, or there's people like us that are, you know, we take those breaks as well, but we're, we're small enough and, and young enough to where it's not, you know, we don't just close for, for yeah. several months, which it feels like yeah. some people do. So we're still kind of chasing the ball a little bit and yeah, it's a, it's just a weird thing, but what's your go-to, like, I feel like people either have all right, there's, let's just stereotype for a minute. Here. There's, you can either be like a pumpkin spice latte 
tall, uh, basic white girl, I guess is the description, you know, so like tall boots with a vest. That's one type of fall person. Other people are more like fire, you know, uh, yeah. whatever, bonfire. Some people are just looking forward to football. What's your, what's your fall highlight? you look forward to so you just basically asked me like are you a guy or a girl <laughs> <laughs> no i know i'm just no i'm just several kidding. different pictures uh, yeah yeah we we went for it on that you know it's not sports so yeah it's it's more you're cleaning up the woods chopping things up and burning stuff georgia just lifted their their burn they have a burn ban during the summer um, oh, so you can't okay. just have like open burn just so stuff doesn't catch on fire yeah so October 1st is when you can burn up fires again. So we've got land and it's due to get cleaned up. We've got this huge pile that's been sitting there for a year now, you know, just drying itself out. It's Probably. a good time. Yeah. This weekend we'll get a nice, nice big bonfire gone. I think, I think you know this, but I grew up from sixth grade to 12th grade. I lived in a very heavily wooded area. And uh, so our. Every Saturday just went without saying, and especially in the fall and some of the winter, it was like, get up, go outside, start picking up sticks. I mean, it's just what we do. And then we burn, you know, so little Fletch, I'm going to be able to commiserate with him down the road. Uh, yeah. You can hear him right now. He's just being very vocal about yeah. affirming your, no, actually he can't hear you. I, he can only hear him. He knows. So, so I, I guess I'm curious for, for you, are you, is, is this like a sports thing that the fall represents or what is your go-to thing in the fall? <laughs> fall is my favorite time of year in general. I mean, I love summer big time, but then October is probably my favorite. Summer is my favorite season. October is my favorite month. So we're about to hit, I mean, we are in my favorite month. It's my birthday this month. We, the Eagles are in full season. The Phillies are wrapping up. They're actually going to be in the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. Sixers are starting. It's just crisp weather. There's just, there's nothing to not like about October. So yeah, super excited about that. And super excited about something we've sort of happened on within our business. We're talking a little bit about our business and that is this viral recipe. So if you've been following the show for a little bit, we've been talking a lot on these Friday episodes, kind of about our own growth, our own process the things that we're working on without, within our business and within our show. And one of them that we've identified over the past couple of weeks has been the need for better self-promotion. You know, most of what we've done is for other people, which is obviously great. That's our business. That's what pays the bills. But for future growth, we both need to promote ourselves, our business, and, and our show. And so We've been testing all kinds of different things. We are continuing to run those tests and experiments. And one of them that I wanted to dig into it a little bit is this viral recipe that you put together that I'm really excited about. If you go to our YouTube page right now, our first, our first, you know, intentional asset following the recipe is, is on there right now. It's a short, it's about Steve Jobs, but, uh, but yeah, I thought we could talk a little bit about both what the recipe, you know, is intended to do and then how you how you execute the recipe, but maybe if you could give some context, Carlton, as to how you came yeah. up with this. Well, so let's, let's like step way back. If you go to kind of the initial starting point for social media and for content, a lot of people, you know, we can go really far back with content. We'll just go back to the social media era when a lot of businesses started realizing the value of like publishing content and showing that they had a heartbeat. There was this like relational aspect to it where it was like, you follow me and what I'm doing and you kind of get to know, you know, what, what we're all about. And, 
you know, so we're showing you some of the behind the scenes stuff. We're showing you some of the, you know, the everyday things. And that was good, but it was more like, oh, I'm getting this idea because I chose to follow you and I'm seeing you in my feed, you know, that, that I know that you're alive and that you're real business. Right. right. And then I think it got to the point where there was enough people doing that. There was just so much noise that it was like, you've got to now bring some good content or some good information. And so more people started having, you know, podcast interviews or different things that you repurposed. And it was like, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting. Like I, that's helpful. So a quote card was sufficient, you know, like somebody would read it, they'd see that interesting quote. And it was good because there wasn't a ton of that online. So you could share it and you could kind of, you know, there was a, a, a like a social value to it, right? And then I think there's so much of that now that there's another level of now you have to not only be informational, you have to also entertain. Like mm -hmm. there has to be this aspect of like, you know, bringing a little bit more to the table because you have audio, you have video, you have things that are, are filling your entire screen at one time. So like, you know, some of these social platforms have really chose to push, you know, vertical video. We've said it a, a bunch of times algorithmically. And so now we're kind of asking ourselves, well, how do you, how do you play into that algorithm? Mm. And really though, there's several indicators that each platform is going to look at, but the reason that they've gone to social video is because it, it, it fills up your entire screen and you have to make a decision on that current video. So it gives them a lot of data on, you know, what's happening. So we've said this with TikTok before, you don't even have to like subscribe to any channels. They're just going to show you a video. And so same thing with reels and the explore thing. When you, when you, you know, click that, they're just going to show you a video. And so they're going to kind of base that off of who you follow or different things that you looked at before. But once you do that, when you, what you tell them kind of starts to curate your feed. So if you swipe away, you're telling them, Hey, I don't want to see that video. And the faster you do that, you know, the, the stronger an indicator it is. So yeah, we've gotten to the point now where you don't have to take manual steps, which, which is actually great for user experience uh, to, to say, I want to follow this or I want, I mean, you can, but to your point, the, the, to the platforms themselves are smart enough to just recognize what you're doing and then feed you yeah. more of that. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about it before, but the idea is we've kind of reverse engineered it and said, if we are going to try to, you know, get some views algorithmically, then what does that look like? So we, we kind of identified different pieces of it. So really the, the biggest thing is what's going to hook their attention right away. What's the thing that's really going to capture someone that just happens to see your video. So before kind of the context was like, you've got your customer, you you have them in mind and you have to think about like, like how can you solve their problem? And it's a little bit more of a long form play. We're kind of acknowledging that this is going to be really fast and short form. That's kind of the first aspect of it. Yeah. And I think that one, the last thing I would just say in terms of framing this is it just signifies the absolute nail in the coffin change of what social media once was, which you, which you mentioned, which was, I know you and we're now connecting as we would in person, but online to yeah. now a, a wholesale replacement for traditional media. And I just think that's an important note for someone who's listening because so many businesses and a lot of the ones that we work with when we first get started are still thinking of it as model one. You know, we have fans, we have these people who know us offline or whatever, and now we're going to invite them to like us and engage with us online. That's a very small part of it that still exists. But even if they like your thing, they may not see your thing 
if you're not following some of these rules that the that the algorithms dictate. So you framed up, I think, I think there's two parts to this. There is the actual cycle of virality, I think that that we should go through, like essentially what what that looks like from a user standpoint. And then there's a process that you can follow that we're testing and using right now in order to engage in that cycle of virality. So maybe we could start with, I think the first thing you have is hook them in the eye, which I really like as a, as an initial step. Yeah. So, I mean, that first one, like I said, that's super important. And sometimes like, this is the part that we're testing a lot. Like, what is the thing that's going to actually do that? What is the line that you're going to deliver that's going to pique their curiosity? And I mean, we've seen this different, different places. We've talked about a little bit here before, but you see this a lot with YouTube. Like Mm -hmm. you go there and you just see thumbnails that are kind of like doing whatever it takes to get your attention. Give us some examples aside from like the ridiculous, but give us some examples of, of good practice when it comes to this. Yeah. So I think that the word I said, curiosity is the main thing. Like what's going to make someone really curious about that? So, you know, just for, to give an example of our, of this first one we were, we were trying out, um, you know, our writer, copywriter, Tristan and I were going back and forth on some, some different hooks and different ways of, of thinking about it. And we were kind of struggling. And so we went to Adam and he's like, well, you know, what about this way? And he just completely changed the script so that you're kind of, placing the emphasis on this hinge point of the entire industry. You're kind of raising the stakes. So I I think that was like a a version of an interesting way of doing it where you're basically in that first line, you're kind of showing the stakes of this. Like what if there was a $11 billion industry that Apple didn't monetize at all? Yeah. You know, or failed to monetize, you know? And so that piques people's curiosity. I think another thing is like giving Numbers like that will help that kind of, you know, give, give someone or kind of a curious start to, okay, how did this person manage that? Or how did they do that? Asking a question, I think is another, another good way. Showing somebody's face is an incredible way to do that. Just by having it close up or having, uh, we, we all are used to engaging with faces. And then, you know, I think there's another thing to be said with just some showing something that's recognizable like that, that everyone understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. I think those are the four that I would I would say as well, and especially with the specificity of numbers or the prompt of a question, there's a there's a reaction that has to happen. You're forcing a reaction, and they may not like it what you're saying, or they might not be interested in it, and then they move on, and that's fine. But at least you're forcing that reaction as opposed to just being, you know, middle of the road, white noise. And same thing with the face or the celebrity or recognizable character. Again, you're, you're prompting a reaction. You know, when you see a, a, a face that is featured in a thumbnail or a, a, an asset like that, you cat your eye is just drawn to it just the way that human nature works. And so again, you may choose, I don't want to see that face. And so you don't look at it, but you're, 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 uh, that's probably our problem. We need to get some other faces on there besides mine. But so, yeah, that's kind of the initial hook. And then what, once you've prompted them, they, they're, they're going to watch your video. What's the next goal from there? Yeah. So really your goal is to not get them to swipe away. So say they watch for three seconds and you've kind of hooked their interest. Then what's that thing that's going to keep them watching throughout the video? So I think everyone would say, yes, you need good content, but if you can kind of take that hook and then develop it, you're looking at creating this rhythm um, and that rhythm is kind of, we, we've kind of looked at it a couple of different ways, but one way is 
using special effects or animation or something that changes in the video that kind of keeps this beat. So that might be your camera angle. It might be the way that the light is positioned or what you're showing. Or if you're using an animation style, then then changing the animation or even mixing the two where you have a face and the animation. And then aud- like audibly, because these have audio too, you're thinking not just about like a music that has a beat, but like sound effects or things that kind of trigger that response of like, I see a connection between what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. Yeah, and this is one that keeping the beat, keeping the rhythm is one that makes so much sense when you consider where TikTok came. TikTok came from. Like it was a music app. I think it was called Musically and initially it trans transitioned into TikTok. And which TikTok is what started all of this, right? I mean, everybody else is just copying them. But initially you were trying to create a song, essentially. And people would either yeah. create the song by like just mouthing an existing song or by cutting up other speaking. Like I remember when I was at Vayner when when Musically first came out and Gary pushed it hard and began making his own musically clips of him giving speeches that they would cut up so that it had rhythm so that it had a beat. If you think of it that way, as you're creating these types of videos that you're almost writing a song or trying to write a rhythm or a rap, you're not, but that helps keep the, the, the listener, the viewer engaged. They just can't help it because there is a rhythm that they're kind of like in tune with. Yeah. And I mean, this is just like a free little bonus thing that I, it took me a long time to understand growing up, but I'm sure, I mean, sure there's people that it's kind of a no brainer thing, but I'll mention anyways, is we find certain things interesting visually, right? Like there are certain things that have contrast or have, like I could go through the whole art side of it, but there's pretty much that exact same thing that's on the auditory side. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the way that like, um, like there, there are certain sounds that are more pleasing than others. Right. And there are certain ways that you can mix those where, where it's, it's, you know, aesthetically very interesting. And so I think it's like people may think, Oh, I need to put like a song behind it. Well, that's not necessarily the same thing. Like, like, yes, a song could be interesting. And I've seen people use that super effectively with some of these short form things. But don't think about that as like, like this has to be that way. It could be the same idea of like audio that is just interesting. So first of all, I'd say if you're, if you're creating content, having good quality audio is really, really important mm-hmm. because if people hear this and it's like muffled and they're hearing your hand noise on, on your camera or on the, on the phone that you're using and it's like, like that's going to turn people off right away. So having great audio is a lot of times just as or more important than having a good picture. Yeah. And then I, I'd say the second thing is like, there are a lot of things that can, can keep the beat. So like the way that you emphasize words, the way that you tell a story, the way that you repeat things like that, all of those things can kind of help keep that momentum moving, especially if you're kind of using those select cuts. So those are the first two things. First is just getting getting their attention and then keeping it throughout the video by kind of having this like rhythmic, you know, of course there's good, good, interesting topics that you're kind of, you know, using to, to keep their interest as well, but you're doing that in a way that kind of has this paced beat to it. Yeah. And just a practical thing, if you haven't done this before, this is going to seem silly. It's going to seem, I can just hear you rolling your eyes, listener. And so put them back, relax. But this is what you thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. That's not the rhythm we want. 
what I would do and what I've done is write out the script of the video in these rhythmic beats. And so your, your script might only be, you know, five words long, and then you write some, and then you include some spaces and then you do seven words and then you come back to five words and like doing it poetically that way. I get it. Poems, dumb, you know, haha, but I'm just saying that writing it that way is going to help you, especially as you're delivering it. If you're like me in, in a way that has a rhythm to it, as opposed to maybe stumbling or trying to cut it together in, in the background. Just for the record, I don't think poems are dumb. <laughs> you were the one rolling your eyes at me. No, no. It's it's funny because I think as a kid, like I didn't understand poetry. I thought like this doesn't make sense as a, you know, like like why are we making things rhyme? Like this just has no reason to it. Yeah. And then I understood it later as like this is actually like the words are somewhat meaningless. This is all about the the rhythm and the sound of of the language. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of after that, the meaning. You're telling me the kid who you're trying to tell me on this podcast that the kid who made his classmates pimples kiss or something like this, that guy oh, didn't stop. appreciate poetry. I, that Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. That's yeah. shocker to me. Okay. So we, we get them on the beat. And then the next thing is that you need to get them to potentially watch it again, right? Or, or at yeah. least want to listen to it again. So the next indicator, because we're thinking about reverse engineering this, right? So if I've, I've got them to watch to the end, what's the next best thing? The next best thing is if I can get them to watch it again, that, that would be amazing. So I think this is where you can do some interesting things. Like this is like right on that line of sketchy, like a little bit sketchy. I've seen some recently where it just has text. It's like, did you see that? Or this took me four times to see mm -hmm. this. And there really is nothing there. Mm -hmm. And it's just, <laughs> they basically did that just, so I'm like, well, I've got to find that thing. Like, what is that? Uh, another um, example of this is, I guess on Twitter, I've noticed this. I didn't know this was a thing, but people will mark images as gruesome or explicit. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. And it's nothing at all. And then everyone in the replies is like, you know, why is this marked this way? Whatever. It creates this instant kind of viral yeah. sensation because it doesn't it doesn't compute like that. So it's that type of thing. You're so if about. you see any like images like that on a Twitter, then you know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I should disclaimer. Probably most of them are explicit, but I think yeah. it's going to get people in trouble. At work. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a little trick some people do. Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, no, it's the same idea though. It's not like we want to be inauthentic about it, but. I think there are things that you can ask at the end of your video or, or there are times where maybe you can make a point in a certain way that kind of piques that curiosity or doesn't give it all away. Yeah. And then at the end, you, you kind of can say like, you know, you're kind of referencing that first part or part, part of that story that maybe was a little bit fast so that someone wants to go back and look at it. But it's interesting just to observe, like you're probably noticing compared to the style of this podcast versus the style of that video, you know, every single thing has to be pretty highly calculated because yeah. it's so short and it's going to be shown to someone who has no context. Whereas this conversation, you know, you know, and listen to us. So we can kind of talk about things a little bit more loosely and kind of ramble a little bit or tell stories because of that. So they both have their value, but in this short form video, you really have to be very, very creative and just cut all the junk out so that you can as quickly as possible, capture their attention, get them to the end, hopefully get them to watch it again. And then the, the fourth thing is, can you get a reaction? Hmm. So whether that's a like or a comment 
you know, anything to get them to engage will feed, you know, is going to say and indicate to the algorithm that this was valuable or that, you know, that this should be shown to other people as well. Yeah. Just on the, uh, the concise, the point about being concise, I think this has been such a valuable exercise for me going through this content process to see just how much, like you said, you have to get rid of the junk, but in reality, like that's the first step. And then the second step is what's the good meat that you think is valuable that you still have to cut out because it's just, it, it has to be so tight. And we, we edit for YouTube shorts first, which is, has a limit of 60 seconds. And the reason we do that is because other platforms along allow longer lengths, but if we can get our message conveyed in that 60 seconds for YouTube shorts, it's going to make the other content better, even if it's on a platform that would allow a longer duration for an asset. So really getting past even thinking of just like, you know, the normal editing of verbal clutter or mistakes or pauses and getting to like, what are the 100 words, you know, that you have to have to convey this story. And then from there, how do you get it down to 80? And then from that, you know, and going through that exercise is really, really powerful. Yeah, we had, I think it was a minute and a half for, for that one that we did. And then we had to cut 30 seconds of it. And 30 seconds is a lot of, you know, it was just a few different things that were like, oh, I thought that this would be essential for yeah. this video, but you just have to cut it. And then I think that that last thing is how can you get a fan? So this might be more of a play that you're doing over a number of videos of providing consistent quality, entertaining, interesting videos that got, grab people's attention. You know, in marketing, they say, is it seven a minimum of like this idea of seven touch points before someone will act on something? So it's kind of the same idea, like in Instagram, like there's this one, I don't know if you've seen that couple that does really tight harmony on Instagram, I haven't. Seen. Uh, but it's like the songs that they rearrange are all, they're all covers, but they just do such a good, like creative job with it. But I, I probably saw them like six or seven times. And it wasn't until this last weekend, I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow them. Mm -hmm. Like, but it was a higher bar than I thought. Like, just because I I expected that the algorithm would show if I like this, then if I watch it three times, you know, I'm sure that they'll throw it in front of me again. So now you're kind of battling, you know, that, that algorithmic problem of like people kind of just expect good videos to come up. But the, the ultimate goal would be if you can actually capture them as a follow. And so sometimes that's making that call to action within the video. Or sometimes that's, you know, just continually putting out quality stuff so that somebody recognized, oh, I've seen this person five times and every single time I've enjoyed their video. So now I'm going to follow it. I think it's most of the time it's that second one. I mean, you can put a call to action, but so often, especially in these types of things, it, it takes consistency and it takes reputation, like you said, with the individual audience member. All right. So that's the loop. And just to recap it, it's get their attention, hook them in the eye get them to the end of that video. So keep the beat, get a replay, get a reaction, and eventually get a fan. Those are kind of your five that you want to initiate or, or, or create within your audience. Now let's quickly- We should, we should call this, Adam, the go-get, go-getter. Go-get it. Go, the go-get, yeah, rest for Go get their attention, go get them to end, go get a replay, go get a reaction, go get a fan. <laughs> let's quickly talk about how to do this. And I don't want to belabor this too much, but can you walk us through at least initially what the uh, what the five points to actually executing this are? 
Yeah, we spent a little bit less time on this, but really it was like, if, if we're going to kind of start this scripting process, what that what is that going to look like? And so um, it, it looks similar to the stuff that we've said before. You're yeah. going to identify who, who the customer is, who the person that is going to even care about this, and then identify why they care. Because yeah. I, th- I think that's sometimes the harder question. And then... The third one is researching the most interesting things about this topic. So and this is new. Trying to find, yeah, trying to find that entertaining, the facts or the facets that you could use to leverage in your story or in this, you know, in this reel. And then, and then I think the next thing is let me just try interject there. I I think that it's it's research the most interesting facts, and or three a it's begin to craft your narrative with how to use yeah. those facts like you're. What what you said earlier is you all wrote that initial script about the history of podcasting, and that was true. But there were some characters who were included in the in the story, factually, in, historically, were included in the story, and a company specifically Apple that was included with the story. And so the main twist that we did when we finally you know made the 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 script that ended up getting published was instead of just talking about the history, the historical figures. The fact that Apple was a company who was involved, we basically told the story from uh, Steve Jobs's perspective or someone who's looking over Steve's shoulder to say, these are all the things he did in and around the industry. How did he miss the actual payoff of that? And that's such a tiny tweak, but we just took the facts and then figured out the way to to, to narrate it into a story. It's a different lens. You're kind of just changing the lens, looking looking at it slightly different. So then the next one would be outlining the story arc. So trying to see in that narrative, is there a beginning, a middle, an end, this idea of a climax or something that would really kind of be the focal point. And then the last thing is really just brainstorming a ton of different ways to make it appealing. So especially with that hook, you've got to find that way of grabbing their attention right away or else they're not going to see the the fifth second of that video. Yeah. Yeah, so we are working through this right now for our own content. We are using it in a few of our clients' content and are seeing, I think, we'll see what happens with the numbers. But in terms of just pure quality of work, there's just no question it's making the work better. It's just making the creative better because of all the reasons that we've that we've said to this point. And so even if it doesn't go, you know, super sensationally viral, which, you know, it may not. I think it's helping us become more effective creators and storytellers. So I think the process will help anyone who's listening here as well. But with that, we've gone 30 minutes. Carlton, I hope you have a great weekend burning stuff in the woods. I'm going to be watching a ton of baseball and football this weekend. Whatever you're doing at home, hope you have a great weekend as well. We'll catch you next time. 